Today is the sixth day of us coming together to practice the Dhamma. So we all have this sincerity of intention, this faith. And uh, so sata is this belief, this faith in the Buddha, in the Buddha's teachings, and in the disciples of the Buddha, that they have practiced correctly, practiced directly, practiced insightfully, practiced with integrity. And so we establish our faith well in this way. And we see that if we do have a firm faith in something, um, say uh, some work that we're doing, um, then we will have belief in that work and we'll be able to put our efforts into it. And so it's the same with having this faith in the practice, that when we have this, then we'll really try to walk this path. And we'll have this belief that this path does actually lead us out of suffering. And so if we practice um, continuously um, with effort, well, it does require effort, and this effort is something very important. It's one of the palas, one of the strengths, one of the energies that we have. And uh, so that, so we see that uh, effort is necessary in many, many things that we do. It's important because it uh, puts laziness at bay. And we see that when we when our hearts meet with many different sense impressions um, in the world. And then this can stir up the heart, it can make it very distracted, can easily get amused and lost in these sense impressions. And if we don't have the inner energy to fight with that, then we'll just give in to laziness. So we shouldn't give in during our practice. We should put our efforts into have this devotion to have faith. Um, faith that we will gain knowledge, that we can practice this path, and uh, that we can experience and reach the Dhamma. And faith that we can gain some degree of peace. And so we need to give the practice our best, to give it a fullness of our energy. And just like when we study or when we work, we really give that um, all the effort, the energy that we have so that we can uh, establish our career or our occupation well. And so this is true in work, uh, in the world, and it's also true in the work of our practice and our mental cultivation as well. So we have faith, we have this sincerity, we have effort, we don't become disheartened. And then we come to uh, bring up mindfulness. And mindfulness is that which is able to control and put at bay uh, the intoxication that we can have in the mind, um, the lack of knowledge. And we see that those people who don't cultivate mindfulness, then those are heedless people. And uh, they may still be alive and they may still have breath. Um, but we see that those people who are heedless, 
it's as if they're dead already. And actually these kinds of people, they fill up countries. And so the great teachers, um, they tell us this, that we should develop our mindfulness, we should see its importance, we shouldn't be heedless. Because normally we understand that uh, when someone is dead, that means they don't have breath anymore. But actually, dead, breathing people are all around us. There's many, many of them, it's just we don't understand them to be that way. That they're heedless, they're not cultivating mindfulness, they're not training, they're not putting in their efforts to establish samadhi, to collect their minds. And so this samadhi, it has the duty of making our minds firm. And this is able to put scatteredness of mind at bay. And it's normal and natural that if we don't train the mind, then it will always be really scattered. It will be all over the place. And when it receives any sense impression, then this will provoke a lot of thoughts, a lot of proliferation. And the mind can easily become chaotic, become stirred up, become confused, become full of doubts and uncertainties. And we just can't find any principles for our practice in this state. There's a lot of thinking that goes on, and this brings up many doubts, and it makes our practice very slow. But if we train our minds um, and firmly establish them and do this every single day through knowing the breath, for instance, the in-breath, the out-breath, then this becomes a foundation for our mindfulness. And uh, sometimes when we bring our mindfulness up, this can gather together at one point of the body, the tip of the nose, for example, or the forehead. And uh, this is where the peace manifests uh, in the body, um, and that's because the peace is coming up in the heart. Sometimes we listen to the Dhamma, and maybe we don't understand the language in which it's being taught, but the Dhamma is actually taught in the language of the heart. It doesn't, or maybe we don't understand English, we don't understand Thai, but our hearts are listening to the Dhamma. And we have mindfulness and uh, samadhi there while we're listening. And it's possible to feel great peace, a lot of inner ease, uh, joy come up, and tears can start flowing down our cheeks. And this is because our hearts have entered into the flow of the Dhamma. They're able to receive this stream of Dhamma. And so this brings about inner peace, it brings about samadhi. And so the samadhi is something very important because it puts this scatteredness at bay. It's an energy, it's a power that's there to develop our minds that gives rise to wisdom. And wisdom has its importance in that it gives us knowledge. It gives us knowledge about many different things. We gain knowledge in this path of practice, in uh, sila, samadhi and panya, and virtue, collectedness of mind and wisdom. And um, this knowledge can come up very clearly. We can see into the nature of conventions and see this come up within our own hearts. We gain understanding in this way that um, really there's no self there. Uh, because when we're born into this world, uh, we all understand that these conventions are actually real. 
that there really is a me and I actually have possessions. But in the state, the hearts don't have any dhamma. But when we come to train our minds, when we have effort, um, then we will just carry on practicing and we won't give in, even though it may be a bit difficult. We'll really be intent to seek out goodness, to seek out peace of mind. And maybe we may contemplate um, to, or contemplate and use our thoughts um, to contemplate. So we may read the scriptures, for example, and then think about what we've read. We may listen to the Dhamma from a senior monk, uh, Lumpur Cha, for example. And then we take these teachings and we reflect upon them in order to seek out their truth. And uh, so really the practice is something quite easy. That all these methods are for the peace of our hearts. And this is what we call samatha kamatana, this tranquility meditation. So we shouldn't doubt about it. Whether we're reciting buddho, dhammo, sangha, whether we're contemplating the body as being empty, now, contemplating any kind of Dhamma, any one of these teachings, it's all for inner peace. And it's not that we just meditate while we're sitting. We can do it while we're walking as well. And if we like to walk, if we feel comfortable and familiar with that, then we do a lot of that. If we like to sit, then we can just sit. And even if we're traveling, we should be contemplating some aspect of the Dhamma as well. So just this evening we chanted many verses and so there are many things for us to reflect upon. And sometimes for practitioners, uh, one of these Dhamma verses will appear within the heart, like Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa, homage to the Blessed One, the Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One, that this may appear within our hearts. And through this, uh, the mind becomes still, it becomes peaceful. And what this shows is that this is appropriate for us to use as an object of recollection, that we should do that. That uh, this aspect of Dhamma, that this teaching, or this chant, is something which helps us, which brings about peace. And then when the mind is settled into a peaceful place, then we contemplate into physicality and mentality into Sankara's conditioned phenomena. We can take something external, a mountain, a river, a tree, for instance, and reflect upon that and uh, use these things uh, to contemplate. See that they arise, they stay for a bit, and then they cease. See them as being nature. That when they have causes to arise, then they will appear. And when those causes are absent, then they will disappear. And we can contemplate uh, the body as well in this way, that arises and ceases, arises and ceases every single day. This breath comes in, it stays for a little bit, and then it leaves. And this is uh, the practice of vipassana here, of insight. And for myself, uh, previously I went to study with one uh, venerable senior monk, and I asked him, how does one develop vipassana? And he answered that, just know the breath. Know the breath as it comes in, as it stays for a bit, and as it leaves. And this is vipassana. Because if we see clearly like this, then we see into the nature of the body, that this form 
is just form. It's not a being, it's not a self, it's not a me, it's not an, an other. And deep, clear knowledge can appear, what we call panya, wisdom, this all-round knowing. And the mind becomes very bright, it turns very ease, and it is relieved uh, from all its attachments, it puts this clinging down temporarily. And there's a great fullness of heart, a joy that arises. And when the mind is in a joyful state like this, then it will be clear that this path of practice um, that we have put into practice already really does bring these kinds of results. That it is the correct path. And that walking this way, by walking this way, we're following sila, samadhi and panya. Uh, we're following this path of virtue, of collectedness, of heart and of wisdom. And this path does lead us out of suffering. So we establish our mindfulness in the body, in the feelings, in the mind, in Dhamma. And whenever the mind experiences anything, then we bring up this nature of awakening, the one who knows, to teach our minds, to train them. Whenever it's given into liking or disliking, then uh, the one who knows um, trains and teaches the mind. And um, sometimes there's a lack of effort. And why is this the case? Well, it's because the mind becomes distracted. And what does it become distracted in? What does it become amused by? Well, in the different things that we hear, and we go to uh, seek for different things in the world, we hear about different bits of news. And it's often the case that the mind is sent out too much. And when it's always going outwards, then it becomes very scattered. So if we don't put effort into this path, then the kilesas, the defilements, will get to work. Um, they'll start uh, working on us. And we won't uh, have any effort, we won't want to practice because of the laziness that's come up. And um, when this is the case, um, then the mind is always getting sent out and it's always scattered. And so there's no samadhi, there's no collectedness, there's no mindfulness there. Delusion comes up and destroys the knowledge that we had. Uh, but if we put in our efforts, however, then we try to establish our minds. And this establishment of the heart is able to control the restlessness. And um, so when the... Sorry, and when the mind is well established and it doesn't have this restlessness, then wisdom is able to arise. And uh, this wisdom is a very important energy as well for us. So we have these energy, these powers of faith, of our persistence, our effort, our mindfulness, the firm establishment of heart and of wisdom. And when we practice in this way, then all these different powers, they help each other out, they lend each other a helping hand. And uh, so we cultivate mindfulness in the body, for instance. But in order to do that, we need to have faith um, in mindfulness over the body. We also need to put in our efforts as well to be able to reach our goal, uh, that we want to reach that goal, that we need to train to bring the mind to brightness, to purity, to abandon the attachments that we have. 
And uh, so when we train, there may be a lot of samadhi at times, and at times no samadhi. But no matter what the case, we shouldn't let our efforts uh, go. We should always be bringing up effort. Um, Because if we don't have the sincerity, then laziness comes up in its place. And the mind in that state can't get gathered together. But if we bring up our efforts consistently, then samadhi comes up, wisdom comes up. So Lumpur Cha, he gave the simile. It's like if we take two bamboo sticks and we rub them together. But we rub them and then we stop, we have a rest. And the heat that was created leaves and they become cool. And then we pick up the sticks again and rub them together. And some heat comes up, but then we stop and put them down and they go cool again. And if we do it in this way, there's no way that fire can appear. But if we keep rubbing and rubbing and do it without stop, then fire will emerge. And um, samadhi and wisdom emerge in the same way. That some people tell us there's fire here within these sticks. But if we don't rub them together, then that fire can't come up. And so the, there's a Buddha within your own heart. But if you don't put an effort to train in this path, then that Buddha can't appear. And this is a very deep teaching of awakened beings. So when we have faith, um, then we will see, or we see that by having faith, we are people who are very lucky. Uh, we are very fortunate to have met with these teachings of the Buddha. And so it's appropriate for us to establish our faith, to put our belief in them, to bring up effort, to be mindful, to not be heedless, uh, to follow the teachings of the Buddha, and to give our practice as a homage to the Buddha, and to bring up inner peace. And um, when we do this, when we have this peace there, then the path, this noble path, can come together it can come to fruition, and knowledge appears, and this comes up in just a single moment. We see the nature of conventions, and the heart becomes liberated, it turns radiant, and there can be joy appearing for three days and three nights. It's even possible for it to uh, happen, for this joy to be present for months. That samadhi becomes very well established, and wisdom arises. Um, This samadhi is able to sustain itself, no matter what posture within we're in, there's peace. And even while we're sleeping, the mind is still awake. It's awake within sleep. And uh, so when the heart or the mind is awake um, like this, um, it's awake through knowledge, and it's very bright. So these things, they're not above or outside of what we're capable of achieving through our efforts. So I ask for everyone to put in your efforts in this way, to train yourselves. And that even though when you live your daily lives, you may experience many, many different things. There may be different sights, different sounds. And um, even though that's the case, it's still possible to maintain peace of mind. That through this retreat, we gain knowledge about the practice. And we should take that and use that in our daily life. 
And so when we experience all these different sense impressions, um, it's more difficult to reach inner peace. But we do need to train ourselves to do this. That even though externally things may be quite chaotic, it's possible for there to be at least some peace of mind. And it's one of these things that as we practice, as we carry on training, then it gets better and better. And so it shows that if we're able to keep some amount of peace in a chaotic place, then our practice is developing, it is being cultivated. And so as we practice, um, then we see that this year my meditation is better than last year. I know things more clearly. And we just carry on practicing in this way, in this path of sila, samadhi and panya can come together. And when it does, then clear understanding and knowledge arises into the nature of all physicality and mentality, into the nature of conditioned phenomena. So may all of you set your hearts in practicing in this way.